The spiritual battle is up on us. Let me tell you something, it is. And today, Paul talks to the church at Ephesians, and we get to read that today for ourselves. It's very interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembert. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, taking you through the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 on this day. We're going to teach from Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 14, in a matter of five minutes. But first, Ryan, what's going on? Well, it's a good one. Today, to go along with our reading of Galatians, I'm going to be exploring some of the metaphors that Paul used to describe the church. Excellent. Very good. And Janice? In the next five days, we still have our very special guest you will not want to meet, Miss, meeting her. Yeah, that's very good. Okay. That's important because uh, she's related to me. But that's all I'm going to say. All right. uh, Let's get ready and let's open up our Bibles and study what God is saying to us today. Ephesians 6, 14 through 24. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 24. We're going to take about 10 minutes here and explore Ephesians 5 and 6 as we continue reading through the Bible this year. We're rapidly coming to the book of Revelation, which will be very interesting. But you know, when someone enlists in the military and prepares for battle, he doesn't think about living in luxury or setting up to enjoy himself. I mean, think about it. How many soldiers enjoy fighting in battles? We often forget that believers are in a battle every day. Every single day. The battles we face today seem even more real than ever before. As believers, we must prepare. We must be prepared in ourselves for the battle of Christian warfare. What does that mean? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ has already won the war, but his followers are responsible to win battles. Now, God's Holy Spirit has given each believer 
special giftings, spiritual weapons for the battles ahead, which are, by the way, not physical, but spiritual in nature. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the Lord's vast strength and how we can strengthen, be strengthened by him. He actually has also given us spiritual armor. Did you know that? It's true. We must put it on daily to help us stand strong against the devil and stand strong in the Lord, no matter what comes our way. And believe me, many things will come our way. We need to understand we're not on a pleasure cruise. We just need to get that. We're, we're, on a, we're in a battle and we're focused on winning this war. Take your Bible guide. Turn to today's passages. If you don't have one, we'll send you one. We'll uh, give it to you if you just call us or write to us. Or another way you can do it is go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And when you go there, click on the Bible Guide. When you do, it'll take you to a page. Donations, thank you for giving to us. They keep us alive and able to teach the Word of God every day and spend the time in doing this work with you. So thank you for your donations. But it takes you to a page where you can download the guide as it's printed so you are seconds away from joining us as we study Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 24. Let's pray. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would help us. Help us to know what you've said. This is so important, Lord. We need to get this today because a lot of people are fighting battles in the wrong way. We need to get this, Lord. Help us to receive this and hear from your Holy Spirit today. And be with those who are not Christians, not believers who are watching, speak to their heart and touch them today. In Jesus' name, and we said together, amen. All right, now let's look at this because it's really good. He's talking to the people in Ephesians, and he says to the church at Ephesus, he says, I want you to stand firm now. Let's read it. He says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Very important. Truth is a very important thing, especially today. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of rightness with God. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the good news or gospel, the good news of peace. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, rose again. Above all else, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, capital S, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all preservation or perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul is very specific about that. The spiritual war is upon us and has been and continues to be, beloved. The Lord helps and strengthens us to win the spiritual battles. So many people that I know have finished their work and retired and they're sitting back on their lazy chair watching the TV. That's, that's not... That's not spiritual battle. Spiritual battle would be different. It would be the lazy boys up and they're turned around praying <laughs> and God is taking them out. They don't have time to watch a lot of TV because they're working and they're doing what the church has called them to do. They're doing what God is called us to do. 
So that's very, very important. We need to pay attention to that. All right, that's the spiritual battle. Now let's go on because this gets interesting. He says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me. Pray for me that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. To make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador. I am a person who knows this in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul says the good news of Jesus Christ is the battlefield of this spiritual war. We need to be strong in the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, and we need to always remember what Jesus has done for us and be willing to speak that to others around us. We need to make known that God is amazing because he saved my life. God is amazing because he saved your life, beloved. That's what we need to remember. And we need to tell that to people when they ask us the question, why are you so happy today? Why are you not worried about all these wars and everything going on in the world? Because the Lord is the keeper of our soul. Very important. Ephesians 6, 21 goes on and it says this, but that you are also, or that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent you or sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Wow, that's amazing. You see, Paul reminds us we are not alone as Christians. No, we're not. There are millions of Christians around the world, if not billions around the world. Beloved, we need to remember that uh, if we are Christian, our citizenship is registered in heaven. You know what that means? We're not American, or we're not Canadian, or we're not British, or we're not... We're Christians. We're Christ followers. And our brothers and our sisters are people who are also Christ followers. And we are one. We're one family. And as we go and get ready to go to heaven and to see the Lord, we need to bring as many people and convince as many people to pray and ask the Lord to come into their heart as possible. To which I want to invite you today, if you are not a Christian, why not join us? You don't have to buy anything or get anything or order anything. We're not going to send you thousands of letters. Just pray. Close your eyes to lock everybody else out and say, Lord, I need to come to you. Forgive me of my sin. I need to be a follower of you. Come into my heart. You paid the cost of sin, died on the cross, and you rose again in Jesus' name. Amen. I would say, welcome to Christianity. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there.
Welcome back to the program. Today our assigned reading is Ephesians chapters 5 and 6, and one of the things Paul does in this letter is describe the church using several different metaphors. As a matter of fact, he uses at least five, and these comparisons are really helpful for his readers to grasp the concept of what it means to be a part of God's church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take a look. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul the Apostle describes the church of the Lord Jesus Christ using several metaphors. First of all, he pictures the church politically in Ephesians 2, 11-22 as a commonwealth or an independent community that embodies the reconciliation of two former hostile ethnic groups, namely the Jews and the Gentiles, who are now called together to stand up against evil spiritual powers. In former times, the Gentiles were separate from Christ and thus were excluded from citizenship in Israel and were foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, says Paul, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. Secondly, Paul pictures the church as a household, a household in which God is the Father and believers are adopted as his children through Jesus Christ. Indeed, Paul declares in Ephesians 1.5 and 2.19 that God predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, and that we are members of God's household. Paul also pictures the church as a temple in Ephesians 2.20-22, a holy temple filled with the presence of God, and built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. The church he also refers to as a body in Ephesians 4 and 5, a body whose head is Christ. As a body, the different members of the church are dependent on one another and exemplify the necessity of unity in diversity. As the body of Christ, the church depends on Christ for its growth and submits to his headship. Interestingly, this introduction of Christ as the head of the church is a distinctive contribution of Ephesians and Colossians. Lastly, Paul in Ephesians 5, 23-32 refers to the church as a bride. Drawing on the Old Testament depiction of Israel as the bride of Yahweh, the church is also portrayed as the bride of Christ. He cares, feeds, and sanctifies the church in order that he might present it to himself as radiant, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. As his wife, the church submits to Christ. Hence, Paul metaphorically describes the church as a commonwealth, a household, a temple, a body, and a bride. These images serve as an important reminder to his readers, both past and present, that the church is the family of God and must not be divided, but rather united as one and stand in light and truth and in opposition to the evil one. So Paul metaphorically describes the church in five different ways, as a commonwealth, as a household, as a temple, a body, and a bride. And you know, I believe one of the main tactics of Satan is to divide and conquer. Satan knows very well how powerful the church is when it's united. So creating division there weakens it. But Paul's teaching on the church in Ephesians should remind us all of who and what we're meant to be. We're not to quibble over the little things. We're a family. Yes, as believers, we're going to have disagreements with each other sometimes, but we shouldn't divide over these things. Rather, we need to stand and unite together as one unit against the evil one in the truth and light of Jesus Christ. And speaking of light, another thing is that 
Too often we let the world invade the church when it should be the church that's invading the world. We need to be the light and not let the world snuff it out. And、mm. I think it's important when we talk about being the light. And Jesus Christ mentioned this in Matthew chapter five and six as he spoke、uh, the Sermon on the Mount and so on. Is that he said you don't take a candle and hide it, but you put it on a hill. Mm-hmm. And you shine for all to see. There's a lot of people who don't understand that they are living their life in front of people because they don't want to, and they want to make their own decisions and all that. But when we become Christians, we live our life in front of the world, whether we like it or not, because we follow Jesus Christ. And so, a big part of that strength coming, I think, is recognizing that we totally commit ourselves. To the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ,、mm-hmm. that's important. Absolutely.、And、somebody that has done that over the years and has been a very bright light in my life and in a lot of your lives as viewers too, is our sister, Robin, who's joining us from Arizona today via Zoom, and she's been with us the last couple of programs. We're going to have you here, Robin, for the next few days. We've heard how that you first gave your heart to the Lord when you were five, and recommitted your heart to the Lord when you were nineteen. We've heard how、um, your dad was very instrumental. Your mom and dad at that time very instrumental in、um, teaching you. About loving God and about loving His Word, and、uh, that you met somebody named Eugene, and I think Rod, I'll I'll let you、wow. take it away with with Robin right now. We've heard about、Robin. some of your brother's antics, which haven't changed much, Robin. I have to say. Well, Robin, you got married to Eugene. What year was it you were married? Seventy nine, November of seventy nine. Nineteen seventy-nine. Right. That is amazing. And then he told you that the Lord was dealing with them about ministry. What was the first step?、Uh, let's see. Where did we go from there? We went and took a, a, a position, a volunteer position, as youth pastors at a church in Arkansas. That was our very first pastorate. And then it wasn't too long after that. Oh, did where did we go? Oh, we ended up in Canada. That's right. Dad called us to Canada to be youth pastors there. Yeah, so that was that probably because... our first real paid position. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. You had a you had a dog, and、uh, Eugene is awesome. And by the way, Eugene is is so funny. I remember the dog was in the car tearing up the car, and I went downstairs and I said, "Eugene in the church." I said, "Eugene, the dog's tearing up your car." Anyway, and they came up, and the car was a mess. And that was typical. It was just really funny. Eugene was is an awesome guy,、uh, and he's by the way an NFL guy too. So am I, NFL guys. Anyway,、um, so Eugene and you were youth pastors. And what are some of the things at Kennedy Road Tabernacle in Brampton that you remember? <laughs> that since it was our, it, we kind of felt like、uh, you know thrown into the lake and learned to swim kind of thing,、um, man. That was so much fun. We started a youth church. Dad was the pastor there, and he told Eugene, "He goes, I want you to start a youth church." And Eugene is always a can-do guy, and he goes, "Great, I'll do it." What's a youth church? <laughs> <laughs> and so Dad showed, shared his vision, and it was just basically at the same time、uh, of our Sunday morning service, a a church service similar to that going on for the specific ages. Of high school, of junior high and high school, and what a blast that was! That was really kind of how we, I guess, cut our teeth on the ministry. Learned so much, and 
and um, so much about the power of God's word to change people's hearts was really learned doing that ministry for about three and a half years. Yeah. In fact, you rented the school down the road Mm -hmm. from the church. I remember that because we had to put together sound systems for you and all of that. And every Sunday you would go down there. In fact, one of the people who would do that is DJ. He's in the control Mm -hmm. room. That's where we met DJ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's how long we've known DJ a long time. So now let me ask you this question because you now have three kids. What are their names? Derek is my oldest, Sean is my second son, and Jessica is my daughter. And they're all married, and I have uh, three beautiful granddaughters from Derek. And uh, oh, so, yeah. man. And, of course, Sean and uh, uh, Jessica, of course, are, we're waiting for grandkids for them. But it's really important. I have Je- grand dogs. <laughs> <laughs> now, she married Brendan, uh, and they live in California. Actually, it's Brandon, like Brandon. your Brandon. And yes, they live in Southern California. He's former Marine. He also is on a worship team there. And um, and they they are ministers in the marketplace. Excellent. That is really good. And then Sean and his wife, Brittany, uh, they live near you, don't they? Yep. They live just down the road. Um, and, and they are in the production, just like your family. They're in the production aspect of things. All of us are in the production ministry, but let's go back now to uh, 90, I guess it was 93, 94, 95. Mm -hmm. And you got involved with the program. At that time, it was called Life Lessons. What did you do? Go ahead. What was your question? What what is the name of the program or what's the name of the segment that you did? Um, I started out just doing like my kind of like what Ryan does, my take on, on, on the teaching. And then we decided to do a children's segment called treasure trove. It was the dream child of dad. Actually, he came up with, he was such an idea and such an idea man and such a visionary. And so he pitched the idea to us and got us all excited about it. And so we did like a children's take on reading through the Bible daily. And that is where I spent the bulk of my time. So you wrote that and you put it together and did that. And then there's another gentleman that we brought in, Lenny. Yeah. He, he developed puppets and all that. And you went to yep. studio sets and everything else and did all that. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. We were, it was such a great team because we did, on, we didn't do in stu- studio stuff. We did on location stuff. And so like we would go to the zoo and do our segments there. We would go up to Flagstaff and in the middle of the forest. And so, yeah, and our team, we just had so much fun going through the word of God. And then, of course, being kids at heart along with the kids, because it was a kid's segment. How can you not enjoy it? Exactly. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, we had a good time. And, you know, Robin, I still get letters today from people who remember you and loved your segments and ask about you all the time. So I know that they're going to be thrilled to be able to see you today and and see how well that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Thank you, guys. That's crazy because it seems like it was so long ago. (laughs) Well, you know, we we Robin and I have a message center on our phone called Marco Polo and we we communicate with each other and it's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway Robin let's go back for a minute because when you you also worked uh, in uh, Illinois Rockford Illinois and you pastored a church in the city there 
Yes, the Metro Christian Center. Uh, again, another brainchild of dad. My husband and I were work. We were youth pastors under my dad. And he said, we need to do something for the inner city of Rockford. And Eugene being the can-do guy, he came to Eugene and Eugene said, I'll do it. What is it? <laughs> so again, we just had the, from, we pioneered a lot of stuff. And so we went down and, and started a, a ministry there. And then my husband developed a feeding program where seven days a week, he would feed the homeless. They would come to our church and we would feed them breakfast, a hot breakfast, eggs and bacon and things like that. And a lot of the other area churches got involved. And through that ministry, we brought a bunch of different churches together doing a ministry as one, as a unit. And it was really cool. It was very cool. So you had, that's when you had, uh, let's see, you had uh, Derek and you mm-hmm. had JJ in Canada. at that point too. So you had, you had, is Sean the youngest? No, Sean. No, so, JJ's so the youngest. Both had, Sean and, Jay and Jessica were born in Rockford. So yeah, while my husband was busy doing the inner city work, I was raising kids. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember Jessica changing Jessica's diaper during the church service and all of that. Very interesting. And now, of course, they're all grown up and they're all married mm-hmm. and everything else. But from there, you ended up going through a number of changes. But you went to Phoenix, Arizona and uh, ended up uh, we uh, were finished with our ministry there. And dad said, hey, why don't you come out here? And actually, Eugene went to work for dad. I'd never plan on it. I came out. And uh, Eugene came out here and there was a church available. So he took over the church here in Goodyear. And I came on board as a data input person. Um, actually, that's where I started. All right, let's, let's, it, and, that's good. And let's stop there because we'll pick up from that point on. Okay. Uh, because there's a <laughs> lot of work to do there. But uh, Robin is just an amazing person. Eugene's an amazing person. These are great people. Uh, in the ministry, uh, eugeneandrobin.com, eugeneandrobin.com. And that's how you see it on the screen there. That's exactly how it goes, eugeneandrobin.com. That's their website. They have a Sunday morning service. Uh, what time's your service? We do it at 10 o'clock Arizona time. Okay, so 10 o'clock Arizona time. So that's awesome. That would be 9, 8, 7 o'clock our time in the, the East Coast, but 10 o'clock their time, and it's very, very good. So that's good. Tomorrow we'll talk more about this. In the meantime, let's get back with the program and consider the people who've written in with prayer requests. Today, I want to remind you that we have a prayer meeting live from 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern time in the United States of America. And we want to invite you to come. We're live and we'll chat with you and all of that. Pray for you uh, with everybody who's joining us. Come to see us in the prayer meeting. We'll pray for you. Today, we pray, Lord, I pray for all those who are persecuted for your name's sake, the persecuted church. There are so many of my brothers and sisters who are persecuted. Help them today in Jesus' name. Amen. 